Hi, David Thexton here, and welcome to podcast number two of Everything Business Consulting, brought to you by ConsultX Business Success Program. This week's podcast is for those of you out there who are business consultants or you want to become a business consultant. You may already be a business consultant but are looking to improve your skills. You may be working in corporate and you want to get out of the rat race and start a new career. Or you may be an accountant or ex-business owner. The common theme here is that you're looking for a new profession, one that enables you to help business owners plan your own lifestyle earn a lot of money and have the option to build a substantial consulting business if you want to take it further. Today's guest is Steve Potts. Steve has been part of our network for a long time. He is from Auckland, New Zealand and he and his business partner Alex Peterson are currently building a consulting firm in Auckland. But before we talk to Steve, let me tell you about ConsultX Business Success Programme. ConsultX is an online cloud-based business consulting application that has everything you need if you want to become a business consultant or be a better business consultant. With over a decade of development, ConsultX offers you a unique opportunity to enter the world of business consulting with a complete system ready to run straight out of the box. In other words, once you sign up, you have access to everything you need to build a business for yourself. Get out of the rat race and invest in yourself with your own consulting business. Manage your own time and enjoy a lifestyle business where you are the boss and you benefit 100% from your efforts. ConsultX provides a complete web-based training system where you work your way through at your own pace, learning all the important lessons that we've learned over a decade of being in this profession. If this sounds like you, then go to www info.consultex.com. I'll repeat that, www.info.consultex.com and learn more about this opportunity. Now, let's talk to Steve. Hi Steve, welcome to our weekly podcast interview section. Uh, Steve is based in Auckland, New Zealand and has been with Consultex for four years approximately. Steve, are you all fired up, ready to go? Yep, ready to go, David. It's great to be able to tell my story. Good, great. Well, you've been involved in business consulting for some time now. Please tell us what you were doing before you became a consultant. David, I was involved in running my own company. Um, This company sold products to grocery and hardware outlets, um, plus a few other types of things like um, pharmacy, etc. I had sales reps and sales uh, merchandising representatives uh, right around New Zealand. Um, I actually still have a financial interest in that company, but I'm not involved in it on the on day-to-day basis running of it. What were you doing before that? Um, before that, well, I was 20 years uh, with uh, doing that. I had then come, before that, I'd come out of a multinational background. Um, after being um, in the multinational background for about 15 years, uh, transferring around the country um, and a little bit of overseas work, I realised that... Uh, that wasn't the type of uh, path I wanted to take, so that's when I first decided to start up my own business, um, uh, which, I, which I did. What I'm driving at is, um, for the benefit of everybody listening, is that um, I believe that you were a policeman for a while. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That was a few haircuts ago. I, that's, I started off, um, uh, I came from a farming background initially, uh, and uh, one o'clock one morning pulled up outside a police station and saw what they were paying, and... Um, I pulled outside the police station. I might like to add to, to get something to eat because there was a takeaway place uh, uh, right across the road. 
went across yep. and read their notice board and as cut a long story short, six months later I was in um, the police college or the police academy as some may call it. Um, went through to becoming um, in the um, criminal investigation branch and the robbery squad um, um, chasing um, people, bad, bad guys that uh, robbed banks and shops and things like that. I asked that question because one of the things that um, people who are thinking to becoming a consultant, they they worry a bit about um, what their particular background is. And I say to them, well, you know, it doesn't really matter you, uh, what your background is. It's the, it's the passion and the motivation and wanting to do um, what business consultants do that's the most important thing. It's not a lack of a profession that, um, that stops people. It's, um, it's the lack of desire and passion that stops them. So that's why I pushed you on that policeman question because uh, <laughs> no, good as gold, well, well, and I can't help. I can't help but agree with you and what you just yeah, said. Yeah, well, that probably comes in handy too with some clients, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I don't have the I don't have the resources to do 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 as much um, like I used to be able to in certain aspects of that business. Though. So, what attracted you to business consulting? Um, whilst I was in my, in my own company, David. Um, Right, I wanted. I knew I wanted to get out on my own and do something um, as my other business had become reasonably large with a number of staff, uh, and I realised that I needed to uh, escape the beast again. So I, I'd sort of reinvented the beast, and I saw business. I did a lot of research about a number of different businesses, and I saw business consulting going straight to the top of the list as it was an area that I could pass on my business experience to others and work for myself. I also saw that I could build a lifestyle around um, the consultancy um, style of business and, and, then, and, and that I could recognise that I could work, it would give me flexibility in both uh, my work and personal pursuits and uh, certainly hasn't let me down in that area. That's excellent. New people that are wanting to come in talk a lot about lifestyle options in a, in a business like this. They tell me that they're stuck on the motorway for three or four hours a day and more if there's an accident and uh, really they, they get their life back is what they're looking for and most of the people in our network um, agree with that. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that and, and a lot of consultants, as you know, have family commitments as well and all of a sudden they've found, they've found their family again and, and that's great for them as well. So what was your experience um, in your first six months as a consultant? I realised that it was um, head down, backside up. I, I very quickly had it confirmed um, to myself that uh, I had to go out and get in front of as many potential clients as I could. Um, certainly, um, if you sit on your seat, they won't come knocking on the door. I, I, I remember putting my first business plan together after going through the number of meetings following the Consultex program and thinking, God, if it takes me this long to do uh, this, what's going to be like once I get seven or eight clients? But I, I very quickly learned that the business owners um, also really started to rely on me um, to be their other partner in their business without me having any ownership, of course. And as time went on, you became far more proficient in getting um, business plans together um, and in getting the, uh, the whole uh, process uh, running smoothly. And, and now it takes me probably about 20% of the time it used to, to to put things together. Yeah, that's what I found as well. I found that when I started back in 2005, I was very slow and, and, uh, and I kind of built systems to... To, to help me to speed things up and to become more efficient because what you're trying to do, as I see it, is you're trying to trying to cut your time down so that you're not overworked 
but also get the output out that's enough output to justify the fees that you're charging. So it's kind of a, um, it's like a set of scales, it's balancing in the middle is to find out that what they're willing to pay for, for the time that you're able to give. So you need to be pretty much leveraged, I think. I think you yep, agree. I agree. With that. I, I, yeah, I do agree with that. And, um, but also balancing that with uh, not thinking that your total worth to the client is spending a lot of time in their business because, um, that will backfire on you fairly quickly too in many cases. Yeah, it's the quality of, of the information that you're giving them yes, is, where, is where the money is in. It's not it's not the work. Yep, exactly. Correct. Can you tell our listeners how you got clients at the beginning and then compared to how you get them now? Yeah, so I got my first client through telemarketing. Um, as you know, we had a telemarketing um, set up. Uh, and so I went and followed up a number of inquiries uh, uh, based on appointments made by telemarketing. Um, so that's the first one with a tick beside it. I then actually got another one through an unusual way, which was through a direct inquiry to the business. This business that inquired was in, in the region I was servicing, so I got that taken on. And then really I got the rest through referrals or just 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 talking to people I met about what I did. Um, and that would, would be whether it was in a casual conversation in a, in a cafe or... Um, at a barbecue, um, at, at another client Christmas function. Uh, so I found that, you know, if I actually talked to people what I did uh, with businesses, I didn't find anyone that didn't want to know more about it. And so the the, the, the next lot of clients, um, probably from about a, at least three through to at one stage I was running 10 or 11 clients, were all done through that referral and just talking and networking with people. All my clients that I've signed have, have, have been fairly long-term clients. As that happened, the need to look for new business did um, did diminish as I got on top of, of uh, what, I, what I'd got in a re- not a short time, but a relatively shortish time. And um, yeah, it's, I found that a great way to do it. It was a um, very personal way to, to um, get business. And, and when you walked through the door based on referrals or talking to people, you had a very warm appointment right from, from the first minute. Yeah, I reckon it's about uh, 90% money in the bank from a referral. Yep, that's correct. I didn't get too many that, um, that said no after um, they had been referred and... and, and um, you can you can set it up right from the first minute as as a very positive experience for them, and there's a trust factor comes in straight away because uh, someone that they generally someone that they know very well or someone that they've done a lot of business with has referred you to them, so it breaks down a lot of barriers fairly quickly. Yeah, that's great. You've used the um, the business success program right from the start. Can you describe to our listeners the benefit you've gained from it? Yeah, the program actually gives gave me a pathway to follow from start to finish, which when you first um, put the feet on the ground um, is pretty reassuring um, that you know that um, there's something backing you up. I won't say it's quite like painting with numbers, but it's certainly step one to step two, step ten as such. There are actually too many facets to describe it in this conversation. However, whilst the, uh, the program has a set formula, uh, one of the things I really liked is it also has a flexibility, um, which is uh, enables you to stamp your own mark on it. 
that suits me. And of course, as we realize, you know, each business um, has its own little idiosyncrasies and it's good to be able to adapt around what their desires, needs or, or actions that are needed rather than have something that um, blocks you the whole way through and, and is inflexible. The process of using um, the Business Success Program dash Consultex and client acquisition is great. And I, I really can't emphasize this part of it enough. Um, it enables you to move a prospective client from a state of uncertainty to a position of why wouldn't I sign up? And I, and I think that's important. It takes them through a process over two meetings with the final meeting, um, the sign-up meeting, uh, and it really points out uh, um, uh, the reasons why uh, this, bus this business program will work for them. They have a soft mm. close um, with all the detail you need to ensure that your prospect is, is fully informed, uh, which is, which is yeah. great. It gives the prospect, which slash client, it gives them a, um, a sense of security that they've done the right thing because the um, program points out, uh, as I said before, the exact reasons why they need us and they need the Consultex Business Success Program. Yeah, I learned very early on in consulting that I actually needed a trackway pathway to run on and that was that was how the Business Success Program started because I, I like you, had a lot of clients and it was pretty confusing when you're dealing with 14, 15, 16 clients simultaneously, it could be very um, easy to get mixed up. So, so I put the thing together and made it systematic. So for, for me initially and, and, it, and it worked so um, that was how we unrolled the thing and how we developed it uh, long term for the rest of the network. Can you tell our listeners how many clients you have today and very quickly what type of businesses that they are, just so that the people listening can get a bit of an idea as to uh, who we work with? Yes, I have eight clients currently. Um, I think over the four years I've signed 13, I can't quite remember, 13 or 14 clients. Um, the businesses yep. that they cover from electrical and cable installation, commercial furniture sales, uh, they um, get the product manufactured in New Zealand mostly, some imported product to, to go out to offices and, um, and showrooms, etc. An importer and exporter of foodstuffs and confectionery, uh, a heavy machinery mechanical workshop, yep. a light vehicle mechanical workshop, um, printing and design, um, top of the market uh, coffee machines um, bought in um, out of Germany, and supplies for, for offices and showrooms, etc., and an edible flowers and garnishes um, to rest to the restaurant trade um, in New Zealand. And recently, we just broke into the hot market in Hong Kong as well. I've just finished with a jewellery company after three and a half years. Uh, the owner de uh, deliberately downsized to suit a lifestyle um, and cashed up a, a fair bit of money, and and that's pretty well uh, the spectrum. So it's it's pretty diversified. Yeah, we. When I'm talking to people, they ask me that question, and and um, really the only answer to it is that it's everything and everybody. There's no there's no any one type of industry or profession or or business. It comes from the whole spectrum, doesn't it? Yep, it is. All, well, as as we've um, um, certainly been shown and they had proven to us over time, is that um, a structure of all businesses are exactly the same. It's what they do that's a bit different, and the expertise of what they do is actually. Um, in their business, we get that structure right and, and get the, the uh, expertise flowing in the right direction and generally you'll find you've um, got a working business.
Yeah, I agree. Can you tell our audience, um, don't want to be negative, but what, what client failures that you had and what you could have done if you had your time again? Maybe you couldn't do anything, but just quickly talk yeah. about that. Yeah, I, I, I'd li- I like to think that I haven't really had total failures. Um, most of the business I've finished with um, have, have been done on my terms or the business concern has been sold uh, to someone else that's been well out of my last uh, business. I had a business actually, not the last one, a year or two ago where the owner was down the bottom of the South Island. So um, it was best just to leave that alone. If I was to generalise over all the businesses um, that have probably not performed as well as I would have uh, wished, I'd say that the common denominator would be that they haven't held themselves as accountable as they should have in ensuring to get all their identified business improvements or as we call it tasks done in a timely manner and um, that's I found that a a great learning curve and something that even you know four years down the track has it sort of or probably three years down the track it sort of came up behind me and gave me a clip on the ear. Part of my responsibilities is as you know David is to manage them through that that, um, and, and get them responsible for completing tasks now, even even with that, I've found that if the will isn't there, they struggle. They they can struggle to accomplish things, um, and it it seems as though that you you start um, you start losing the fight when that happens. On the reverse side of it, although just finishing on a positive on that on that statement, the clients that enthusiastically drive themselves to accomplish goals and tasks are the ones that are succeeding the best. So that's that's the secret is, is um, we know uh, uh, experienced consultants know what to do, how to go about it, etc. But you need that passion coming from the inside to the outside as well. And those that you can get to um, move their business mind and their personal mind into being passionate about what they're doing and seeing that they will have um, good business results or improved business results um, by being that way, you'll get the best success with. Yeah, they make the best clients, don't they? Yeah, they're more enjoyable to work with as well. Obviously, you know, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing sort of more disheartening than going into the next meeting and knowing that 50 or 60 or 70 percent, sometimes everything, um, just isn't being done, and you're trying to hold hold them accountable. And of course, they're all bottom line people, below the line people, and they'll find every excuse under the sun why things haven't been done. Can you give our listeners a couple of examples of how you helped your clients to build better businesses? Yep. I certainly can. Um, my first example would be the actually the commercial furniture company, um, and it's something I. It's a bit of a common theme I use, but I really concentrated on them, um, seeing the value in what they were doing and being able to portray it in such a way that their clients wanted to to, to use them as their preferred supplier. So I gave them. I got I got them to have belief in themselves and what they were doing. Now, as a result of that. Um, and, and sorry, I'm just taking a step back and portraying their products as, and their services as a value-added proposition. In reality, it was exactly the same as what they had been doing before, um, but without the belief and thought, um, they didn't portray that to their customers. Um, now, interestingly enough, over about over the last three years, we've moved their gross margin from um, or GP from around the 25% mark, and that's where they thought they had to be to be competitive it's now starting to hit the 45% mark. And and that's happened in a relatively short period of time. And in the same process, we've doubled their sales. Um, Their inquiry works up 250%. And we now have um, two employees um, in other other major centres around the country. 
and we are doing some exporting exporting into Fiji uh, next month. Um, I'm trying to wrangle a trip. I don't know whether it'll happen or not. Um, <laughs> it, and it's for a major hotel refurb, which is which would even be better. There has been growing pains with that company, uh, David. But however, with the GP now being in a great position, it's um it's a lot easier. Um, to be able to support that that growth, uh, and uh, these guys are, are stunned that they themselves, and they still mention it probably at least three or four times a year, uh, that they are able to sell that same product for that price um, and make a good profit out of it. That's a great story. It is. That's a, that's. A, I do enjoy that one. I might must say my other company is an import export company, and sort of turned the business a little bit on the head there as we identified customers who we wanted to deal with. They had a number of customers, not a huge amount, but a, a number. Um, and one of the things I, I asked them was, um, who are your customers that you would really like to deal with out of the list? And who are the ones that are difficult to deal with? As a result of that, we put the, um, the good guys to the top and the not so good guys to the bottom. And um, it was very hard for them to accept that initially because the not so good guys were very very big companies, and they saw that um, as um, something that they were just pushing away um, and could impact on their turnover uh, negatively, or their growth probably would be a better word to say negatively because they still didn't have a lot of business with them. However, the story is by prioritising um, our customer list, we were then able to allocate the correct resources to each of those customers. We approached the top customers on the list and basically said in the ideal world what could we do for you to make your job easier and your business more profitable and that was the question we asked exactly like that cutting that story short um, by doing this we increased overall sales with the company by 35 percent in one and a half years and increased profitability by around five percent a, a a company that was um a company that we would have say sold around about one twenty foot container in for Easter that went to the top of the list. We did nine twenty foot containers to them this Easter. They're an easy company to deal with. They don't quibble too much on price. They want to walk, work with you, not against you. And once you sell them that product for that price, that's it. There's not take, 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 take after that, like as we know in some parts of the industry there is. And yeah. so that was a great success story in, in, in actually identifying who we should deal with. Um, and then um, um, allocating the resources and assertively growing the business with them. I think when you're consulting to a client, that should almost just about be a standard procedure to go through their clients and rank them uh, in the yes. same way that you did. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it is. It is a very, very good procedure on that because, um, and and you know, we all like to to deal with people we like as well. Um, so there in itself is a, is a major opportunity if if those businesses are sitting at the bottom of the list just because of turnover. Let's mm. put the turnover to one side, look at Excellent. the potential, and take them to the top of the list. Yep, good idea. Tell me, uh, a lot of people are interested in um, average lifetime of clients, and I think in the network you're probably um, almost the best just about. Can you tell us what the average lifetime is of your clients? Yeah, well, you're right. I've, I've pretty well been going four years and three months, I think it is, um, out in the field after, um, as we did in the old days, that um, intensive yeah. training spread over across a, a, a few weeks. Um, and I just sat down and worked it out for that question. So my average is, is around about three years 
for for me. Um, my longest time with a client is four years, and and we celebrated that last month. So that's the one I got pretty well straight away. Um, and in saying that, my newest client has been on board for three months. What I've found there is that my clients know. If they don't know before I walk through the door, they know within 10 minutes of me walking through the door in the first in the in the, in the first interview that the system is all about longevity. It's all about um, achieving a lot of things over a long time, not trying to be um, a star in a short time. And, and as we know, many people underestimate what they can do in the medium long term and absolutely overestimate what can be achieved in the short term. So I frame businesses and people up that are involved in the business on more than one occasion to let them know that this is all about being around for a long time and that's the way we will get the results. And so far it's worked. So I must be doing something right. Yes, yes. Well, so as I mentioned before, you you seem to have the clients um, with the longest retention factor, which is really good. Now, I'm going to ask you this question here, and I'm not going to listen, but you can tell our listeners. Can you tell listeners a bit about your lifestyle as a consultant today when compared to nine-to-five employment? So I'm going to put my fingers in my ears now. <laughs> you accuse me of all sorts of things, David. Um, <laughs> uh, what I've found is I have the flexibility to work um, when I don't want to. Um, and don't get me wrong, I put the hard yards in, um, but it was my choice, no one, no one else's. I can take time out almost whenever I want to, and if I need to make up time, putting in a couple of half days in over a weekend or, or into the evening is a small, very small price to pay, actually. Hey, you're still at your house anyway. Your wife's around the corner doing something different. Um, and you can get up and walk through and make a coffee or a tea or whatever's your choice um, at any time and, and, ha- and have a chat. And I, I love that flexibility of being able to do that. As, as you know, David, I've, I've got a, a small holiday home um, out of town a bit at a lake. Um, and I sometimes go down there on a Thursday afternoon. Beauty of that is I can throw in a laptop and a bit of work in the boot. Um, or the trunk, depending on where you're listening to this, um, and, and head south. On fr- by 9 o'clock on Friday morning, I'm sitting at my dining table uh, with a view over, overlooking the lake and doing my work uh, sitting there. I've got um, spare office equipment there that I can use, printers, etc. And I always finish by 2.30 when I do that on a Friday because um, I, I need to be uh, in, in town by 3 o'clock um, to have a nice uh, refreshing beer with a couple of mates uh, um, which is which is great. It's a tough world, as I say to them. So you can mm. you can do. You just so, can't do that when you're in corporate, can you? No, you, no, you can't. No, you can't. And and the other side of that too is you know in corporate when when you know going back a, a little while um, is of course you if you if you're doing something in between times that possibly you shouldn't be um, like um, um, ripping into a shop to buy a new jacket or something, um, the atmosphere is generally one of looking over your shoulder all the time. You um, you certainly don't have to do that. Um, all you've got to do is be your own judge and look at your own outputs. And if you can um, if you can do that, uh, look at your own outputs and be satisfied with what you're doing and have the ability to push yourself to achieve what you desire, then you can build that around um, lifestyle. I actually work a two-week um, cycle. I load 90% of my appointments up in one week, keep my next week fairly free to be able to do any follow-up work, adjustments of appointment if someone's away, other meetings, etc. And and that works extremely well as, as well. I couldn't recommend it more highly. 
That's great because that's what it's all about. There is um, millions of people around the world who, who who want the lifestyle that you've just described. And, and I'm not saying business consulting is the only way to achieve that, but it's certainly... Uh, if you, if you come from business and if you've got a bit of business experience uh, or management experience, then it's certainly something worth considering because it can be very lucrative and very easy on your on your time. Thanks for that. Can you um, give our listeners a bit of advice to them on the best path to entering the consulting profession and why? I'll give an example with me. When I, st- when I started consulting, I actually um, I actually went out and I went and got some business cards printed and some letterhead paper, we don't do that anymore, uh, printed and, and just went out and started talking to people and it, it happened relatively quickly but I did identify that I never had a track to run on, I never had a system or a process and I often think back um, if I had had a system like our system then and, and being trained on our system I would have been like a rocket ship. Um, I was more like a 747. So yeah, so so um, you you invested into a, a system like this, and um, so yeah, I'm just saying. Do you think it was the best best path for you, or or, or do you think there's another path? No, no. I, like I, I straight away say that it's the it's the best path to use is, is having a system such as the consulting system. Um, <clears throat> it's um. As it, it gives, as I said earlier on, it's, it gives you the ability to start at point one and finish at point ten. It yeah. gives you a form of confidence and and knowing that um, you're covering all. If you use it properly, you're covering all the aspects that are needed in consulting and business. Um, and it gives you the ability to produce um, the results, the required results um, that, 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 as we know, many businesses need. Um, um, to be able to go out on your own or try and set up your own system or Google different systems and bring them all together and um, et cetera is, 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 is not a very good way to, to do it. And as you know, David, we have a number of um, ex-consultants or consultants that have tried it that way um, found it very difficult um, and have moved through to this system and um, it's given them um, the confidence to move forward um, and build their business. Yeah, and it, and it's not it's not really my system. Like, sure, I built the skeleton of it starting in 2005, but as people like you joined the network, um, everybody started contributing to it. So it became a, it became a, um, I suppose a um, a product of probably a hundred plus people, mm. um, and and their clients. What was learned in their clients. So it certainly is a in a continuous improvement process. And uh, yeah, that's, yeah, well, that's certainly so well. something something that I say to 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 prospective people is is that, that there's no sitting on the hands um, within the organisation as such. It's um it's it's been a learning process and um and input from a whole lot of different people uh, within our network, um, which has uh, ended up in getting something that we can all work with. I agree. So tell me, um, do you have two favourite books that have helped you to become a better consultant and, and why do you choose these books? Yeah, I'm not, I have to be truthful. I'm not huge yep. on getting inspiration from books. Um, yep. However, I realise it's not the, uh, I usually find, you know, that I've got to get it from within me. If I can't find it within me, um, a book isn't necessarily going to teach me. However, no. I do realise it's not the same for everyone, um, and I, a couple of books that I, I have read um, and found useful, um, uh, Persuade Your Customer to Pay More, which is the um, speaker we had at our conference a couple of years ago, um, oh, Ian Brooks, yes. 
Yeah. Um, um, I, that really fits in with my. So I suppose mine's not from learning, but reconfirm. I'm not trying to sound smug there, but reconfirming how I think because it really suits what I've always uh, always tried to do with my clients. It is great examples on how to add value over and above or, or, or dissuading discounting of price. So, you know, I do recommend that on, on um, um, to people. Um, and yeah. he lectures, uh, he, I think he's a Canadian based and now living in New Zealand, but certainly lectures all around the world, you know, Great Britain, Australia, United States, Canada, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. I think he said at our conference, he said that he was on the Toyota payroll and they, they shoot him around the world That's doing right. stuff, don't they? Mm. Yes, he does that. He's, he's, he's talked to some pretty powerful groups um, when you read his bio. And, um, yeah, and it's, 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 a, it's an interesting read too. And, and the second one is something that um, um, I've just recently read and it's called Revenue Growth Habit, um, The Art of Growing Your Business by 15% in, 50, in 15 Minutes per day, Per Day. Actually, I haven't got the author to that. Um, I didn't make a note of that. But, um, and, and I'm about three quarters of the way through it. But once again, it's pretty simple um, stuff. It's easy to read. It's actually quite an interesting read. And it's, um, it's actually, what I like about that and, and the previous book I talked about, it's actually easy, easy actionable advice and yep. blows a lot of modern thinking theory out of the window. Um, um, talk a lot about what a lot of businesses think about Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, or, or they all think they have to be involved in that. Um, he tends to blow that theory out of the window because he, he talks about the fact that um, business to business is, is, is not that is not necessarily the right way to go. Um, and, of course, most of it, if your business to customer coming in off the street, could be, but you know, it is it is easy to read. It's action, as I said, it's actionable advice, and that would be one of my suggestions because I like books that if you're going to learn from something, it's something that you can actually apply, um, yeah. and and that's what those both those books are. They have things that you can apply um, in in your consulting career. I'll go and look up the name of Ian Brooks's book and the author of Revenue Growth Habit, and I'll yeah. put them on the show notes for everybody who's yeah. listening. And they can have a look at that afterwards. Well, Steve, thanks for for your frank and interesting interview. I'm sure our listeners will have gained a lot from it. Thanks, David. Yep, I'm pleased to be on the show and and good luck to all those that are coming into the profession. Um, I will um, see you on the Consultics Facebook pages at some time in the future and never know at a conference in Hawaii or Sydney or Fiji or something like that. That would be great. Well, we're moving into the States, and, and that'll probably mean that um, at the end of 2017, um, I think the most central place is going to be somewhere like Hawaii, so that'd be great to have a conference there, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, as I say, it's a tough profession, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> great. Thanks for that, and we'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, David. Thanks. My definition of a lifestyle business is one where you decide the hours you want to work who you work with, and how much you want to earn. Many people I talk to describe in detail the drudgery of their current job. Hours of commuting, boring meetings, little chance of promotion, and remuneration just enough to live on. Imagine a business where you can take the kids to school when you want to, have a three or four day weekend when you want to, cut out the commuting, and have complete freedom of your time. Business consulting is a business where you get paid for what's between your ears, not the hours you work. Working on a percentage of revenue basis frees you from time-based earning systems and takes away all the income ceilings.
I've worked from home since 2005 and right now I'm looking out of my office window at the green rolling pastures of New Zealand about 50 kilometres south of Auckland. Fantastic. But in order to move forward you have to make some important decisions to make that change. You've already started that change by listening to this weekly podcast. This podcast is all about that change and each week we'll be highlighting a number of topics and features that will be of interest to you whether you are already a consultant or you are looking to become one. We will interview people in our network and dig deep into what makes them tick and why they've become successful. We will read out your letters and answer them for you. We will discuss a case history from our client files. We will discuss a special topic every week from our listeners' suggestions. Bottom line, if you're a business consultant or want to become one, this is the podcast for you. This podcast will be recorded every Monday, New Zealand time, and be available to you each Wednesday, United States time. Our email address for communication is david at consultx.com. That's david at consultx.com. If you want to get more information right now, then go to www.info.consultex.com. I'll repeat that, www.info.consultex.com. There you'll find everything you need to know to become a part of our consulting network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week on Everything Business Consulting.